This is part two of the Joy of Preparedness podcast with Eric Peterson of Mill Creek Safety. All segments of this November 2nd program with Richard Ruge and Skip Geralds are available at www.thejoyofpreparedness.com. Everybody. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's what I teach mostly. I teach a lot of um, things that normally happen during the day, like uh, doing CPR. The chance of you doing CPR as a normal person is probably not super high. I mean, you're going to get older and, you know, your parents and grandparents and all the people that you live with is the number one place you're going to be doing it. Um, But you're not going to be doing it all the time unless you do it for a profession. But the whole uh, first aid stuff where accidents happen all the time, just there's new information on all that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, bleeding Mm -hmm. control. um, Auto accidents, and I know that's on the subject right. today uh, to talk mm-hmm. about what to do with that. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I try to do is prepare people for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I sort of come back for myself anyway to, you know, the pre- preparation phase. I guess there's like four phases, four or five phases in association to emergencies or disasters. Right? I mean, so yeah. the, the preparation phase is actually a fairly long Phase. I mean, we have a lot of time to be able to prepare. Then we have that response phase, which is which is fairly brief, right. typically brief, you know. Mm-hmm. But then we have a recovery phase, and to me, that's the window to really look at these at, at almost all of this. Is what's it going to take me to come back from something happening? Not so much worrying about that it's going to happen, but assuming, okay, well, let's let's just assume something did happen. What does it take? What does it take for me to come back from that? What does it take for me to recover from that? I mean. Do you ever deal with our businesses, or do you, do you deal with that? Yeah, um, there's a number of different levels there. There's the psychological level of, and you know, I get people in my classes that say things like, "Okay, my my uncle died in front of us. Nobody knew how to do CPR, uh, and it was just a horrible, horrible experience seeing that happen. And we we felt totally, totally helpless. Uh, and I say, boy, how long ago did that happened? Oh, it was like 20 years ago. And so they're still damaged 20 years ago. It's, it's in their mind where they can remember vivid details just because it's such a it's such a altering physically, um, emotionally altering event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in the other way is if they knew what to do, um, it would totally change things. Mm-hmm. Um, let me mention an event that happened yesterday. Um, this was a horrible, horrible local event um, where I think four four people died in a boat accident. Um, this is out of out on the ocean. Crab season, first day of crab season for um, for um, non commercial crab fishing, and they got hit by a sleeper wave. The boat turned over. Uh, four died. One survived. Um, they all had their safety they all had life jackets on the boat but nobody was wearing them so the the chance of them surviving with the life jacket i'm not saying that they would but i'm saying that their chances is very much higher that they would have survived mm-hmm. if they were wearing life jackets mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i mean what's what's that all about that's all about being right. prepared that's about what this program's about, right? Mm-hmm. Being conscious. Yeah. yeah. Right, and that information has been around for years. I mean, life jackets. I mean, that information right. is so readily available for people. It should be in everybody's consciousness, but right. then there they are. They're out there doing whatever it is that they're doing, mm-hmm. not wanting what, what probably feels like a hindrance of some kind. Right. Holds them back from in, in some small way. 
but then it could save their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I I think thinking about faults and earthquakes and stuff, um, they don't happen very often. But if you're prepared, you're going to be much more joyful. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's move on. This is the Joy of Preparedness Radio. We have a website, thejoyofpreparedness.com, which you can find more information, and you can go to Mill Creek Safety uh, website as well. We, we want to talk a little bit about Ebola. That's in the news. Okay. Okay. So I know why we. I know how we have to start this. Okay. It's for anybody okay. else. Anybody else that was out there listening from before, you know, because Eric came before and um, he, he was on the program. A couple he was on the program ago. before yeah. and um, wanted to talk about Ebola, and I poo-pooed the idea. Tremendously, actually, gave him a certain amount, a small amount of grief, just a small amount. But I'm I'm here to say that the following week, Ebola was on the shores of the U.S. and it had not been prior to that time, and I was completely unaware of the potential for that until you had brought it up and again, sort of like poo-pooed that whole thing. So my apologies to you. Um, But what it did do is it sort of just raised my consciousness. It made me aware of just looking into it and realizing how supposedly prepared we are through the CDC. And then when this gentleman did come to the United States and it didn't take very long to find out that actually we didn't handle that very well mm-hmm. for this totally prepared nation. We What's didn't the CDC? Center for Disease Control. Okay. Thanks. Yes. I'm okay. sorry about that. that. Um, anyway, so it really raised my overall mm-hmm. consciousness. So, so apologies to you. And, and let's talk a little bit more about Ebola. I accept your apology, but you don't have to <laughs> apologize because everybody else was thinking the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, what really got my attention was uh, it was probably close to a year ago when a um, World Health Organization epidemiologist on a blog um, I read it said that um, that the Ebola could kill the Ebola virus could kill uh, one third of the world population. So that got my attention. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, first in a bad way. I'm driving on the freeway. I'm looking. If we had a third less of the cars on the freeway, this would be great. But then I thought, well, what if that's me? That's uh, yeah, right. it's yeah, one not of the driving ones. anymore. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. So that caught my attention big time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a doctor that studies that. Um, but Ebola, you know, just go back on the history of Ebola. It's been around for a long time. Uh, but uh, in 1975, is, it got the name Ebola um, is when it was di- when it was first cultured and found in Africa. Um, but they, they believe that it's been around for a long time because there's been other accounts and historical accounts with the same type of symptoms and the same outcome of it. But you um, said about 200 years yeah. at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, the first epidemic in Africa was, uh, 1982. Um, and that's, uh, if you read the book, um, the hot zone that talks all about that. So it talks about, uh, Ebola being a hot, um, a hot disease. Mm-hmm. What's that? What's that mean exactly? Um, another word to say hot would be virulent. It's it's how how easily it spreads. Like if you're in a group of people and someone walks by a group of people and everybody catches it, that's 
extremely, extremely hot. So there's different levels of hotness in a um, in a disease. Um, colds and flus. Um, you know, if you have your immune system up, you're not going to catch it. Even with shaking hands with people, you're not going to get it. But if something's really hot, like Ebola is, mm-hmm. um, then it's easy to catch it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, you know, when you have one person come to our, in the United States and, uh, it's they, how many people do you see in a day? Right. 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 Um, well, yeah, I mean, they, he was traveling around a little bit. I mean, so, I mean, I saw some of the, you know, the apartment and then how they were having to, um, um, you know, deal with the apartment that he had been in and the people that had been around him and yeah. everything else. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty, pretty amazing. I also heard, I mean, people that, that were um, um, isolating themselves, some doctor in particular that had come, I mean, it was on NPR, some doctor that had come back from Iberia, I think, and he, he um, isolation isn't the right word. What, what am I looking for? Quarantine. Quarantine, thank you. Yeah. Quarantined himself yeah. for 21 days mm-hmm. in order to, supposedly, to be able to help people understand how it's relatively easy to do. You know, it shouldn't be a real big, yeah. real big deal to get quarantined. And mm-hmm. then there's somebody down south that's fighting it. One of the nurses is in fighting Maine, it. I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. In yeah, Maine. Yeah. She's in Maine. Yeah, that's yeah. fighting. The quarantine. What's do you, do, what's your thoughts about that? You know, I think if you want to be a nice person about it, <laughs> you quarantine yourself mm-hmm. because you know there's you. Um, if she started having symptoms, it's too late. Well, she exposed a whole bunch of people. I think she's being very self-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a, is it a big deal? Will she get Ebola? Maybe not. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I think it's a good idea. I mean, all our military right now that have worked in the area are being quarantined. Mm-hmm. Uh, that come back. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't. And this is this this is going back to the hot thing on how hot is it? Mm-hmm. How easy it is to spread? Um, if it's really easy, then. You know, then it's 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 a problem. Right. So right. people should be quarantined if it's a really hot. I know some countries are making it. Um, they're they're thinking of quarantining everybody that flies back out of that area mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for their particular country to do a quarantine uh, of people coming back. So. And some are, going, some are going longer, too, right? Yeah. I mean, some are doing twice that. They're doing 42 days instead of 21 right. days. What, I mean, what is the quarantine? What's the quarantine? Basically, just keeping away from other people. It's, it's, so you stay in your own home. Yeah, you stay isolated. Uh, people are bringing you food. You're not. You're not contaminating other people by being close to them. Okay. Um, how is it spread? Yeah, there's a good one. Um, so basically, it is spread through bodily secretions, um, and we have a lot of diseases that are the same way. Hepatitis, for instance. Um, so. Uh, so any sort of communication, um, handshaking could be sharing, um, food, whatever. Coughs. Yeah. And, you know, coughs. And so the difference between Ebola is considered not an airborne disease. And an airborne disease refers to the fact that it can stay in the air for long periods of time live and you can breathe it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not considered, but you know, if you have, you know, we're sitting here breathing in this room right here. And so, you know, everything that I'm little microscopic molecules of moisture coming out of my mouth as I'm speaking to you and you're sucking them in through your nose. And it's like, Thanks. what, how far are we apart? <laughs> yeah. Four, five feet. Yeah. So that happens. Yeah. So, 
Well, thanks for sharing there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are the signs of Ebola? Okay, so here, here is uh, the signs of Ebola. And ba- here's the scary part, um, because we're entering flu season. Usually flu season starts kicking in when we have our first rain, which was like uh, two days ago. Yeah. Um, so fever, headaches, joint muscle aches, uh, weakness, diarrhea, vomiting, stomach pain, uh, lack of appetite. Um, and some patients may experience rash, red eyes, hiccups, um, cough, sore throat. Uh, a lot of these symptoms are just like flu-like flu, symptoms. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's say we have a big Ebola scare. So let's say it's, it continues to get in the, not just the news, but it continues to spread a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you start having flu-like symptoms, what would you be thinking? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So you're going to go to the hospital. If you actually did have Ebola, then you'd be spreading to everybody <laughs> in the hospital. Right. So it's a tough one yeah. uh, just because of that. So you don't think it's hype? <laughs> this is a real um, thing. <laughs> I don't think it's hype, but you know what? Are we going to see it in the county that we live in? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I hope not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's possible. Um, I know that I work in the medical field as far as the pre-hospital care field and we're we've already taken steps i mean we have body bags in our ambulance now because we don't want if it's ebola symptoms and they're deceased we don't want anybody else to have to deal with the with the body to spreading the germs so we can keep it to ourselves right Mm -hmm. um and so um we've never had that in the history of sonoma county Mm-hmm. carried body bags in an ambulance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so that's kind of weird yeah yeah well so uh, but this is preparation this is good this is good the to precaution be- yeah i mean right. I, I totally get the, the rationale yeah. for doing that uh-huh. so how do you personally prepare yourself um from ebola is there how do you prepare yourself for ebola yeah. um you keep yourself really healthy Right. Um, and you wash your hands a lot and you stay away from other people when it comes down to if if there's a bowl of crisis in the area that you're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back to Africa for a minute. And I've been to I've been to West Africa a couple of times and it is so much different than us. Our lives. Um, we we don't have a real problem in our culture with being under nutritioned. Uh, most of us are very well nutritioned, you know, most people right. are. And drink clean water. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. they don't have that choice. And so their, their, their systems are constantly fighting, getting enough nutrition and drinking clean water. I mean, the, the number one killer in the world is drinking water that's been contaminated. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. right. so we don't have that problem. So their system is, you know, the three countries where it's, where it has started, um, they have civil wars going on in in the past and and now, and they have a par- um, you know all sorts of issues that are going on that's that's helped that's weakened them where they've.